Hey, everybody. Please note that this is a previously recorded episode, and our format was to alternate picks. The plan is now to redrop the episodes in order, starting with the first season. Please ignore anything said regarding why we picked it or what future picks are going to be, as that has become irrelevant. Also note that there's going to be some sound quality deviations versus seasons 10 and 11 because some of these episodes were recorded a couple of years ago. And finally, these republished episodes in the old format will be indicated with a bracket in the title that says republished. All right, we will see you guys next week with normal format. LSG Media is proud to bring you the X-Files podcast with hosts Josh and Dean. Surprise, motherfuckers. We are back with some more X-Files. I'm very happy to be doing this. Uh, I want to first say hello to my good friend, Josh. Josh, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, my friend. Glad it's to been be back. way too long. Well, that's Josh. I'm Dean. We're going to be talking about some X-Files. It's been a long, long time. I want to uh, thank Josh for uh, continuing to ask about this to keep it at the forefront of my brain uh, we got a lot going on over here at LSG Media, but we should never be too busy for X-Files because it's awesome and fucking yeah. so fun to talk about and so fun to watch. People and, have been hankering uh, too, my friend. Yeah. Hankering for it. Yeah, well, you know, we edged them along. Edged them along. <laughs> got them nice and red before they popped. Well, we're, we're nothing if not all about hot takes and nothing is hotter than a show that's been off the air for 20 years. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Wow. We are certain this will get 4 million downloads this month <laughs> based on that alone. What, X-Files? It's really in the zeitgeist, as they say. Mm. But, 1994? Yeah. This particular episode is season one. Uh, so season one, episode 21, Tombs, we decided to do. And this was released on April 22nd, 1994. So good call, Josh. Um, why don't you explain to the people our selection process and sort of the state of the X-Files podcast in case they haven't, they go, whoa, holy shit, a yeah, new episode. Sure. So we, uh, we launched this bad Larry uh, when the actual revival had just been announced. Um, and what we did is we, we took turns covering some of our favorite episodes. We go back and forth. Dean picks one, I pick one. This is your pick, I believe, right? Yes, sir. And uh, then we covered the season 10 or the revival, or whatever you want to call it. As far as I know, they're still kind of in discussion about continuation. We'll see how that goes. But um, we had a lot of fun doing it. And uh, there's still a shitload of great episodes out there that we haven't gotten to talk so about. Many. So we're going to keep it alive. And every now and then, might be might be a couple in a month. And then you don't hear from us for a few months. Or it might be, you know, whatever. It's erratic. Yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, it's hard to predict. This one's been, like, the, the last one we did was Irresistible in September. Um, we're going to try not to go that long. <laughs> That's kind of yeah. long. So, um, because before that we did Bad Blood in August, so it was like, oh, we drop one on a month, and then, well, then before that it was fucking March. But we that was a plan <laughs> that was a planned hiatus because we dropped Squeeze and Paper Hearts because we already had them. Yeah. Because my struggle was February twenty third, which is the end of the revival, and um, just as a reminder, the way we do this, we you know X Files is designed around. Uh, episode of the week and or, or monster of the week and or I guess they call it mythology episodes if memory serves. Yes, they do, sir. And uh, it's gonna pe- people who listen to these like in succession are gonna be like, are these guys coming out of a time machine? Because like they, because to them they don't see the distance if they find us and listen. <laughs> like if you listen to last the last episode, you're gonna be like, oh, they know what they're doing, and now they're like, they forgot everything. <laughs> like what happened? <laughs> well, that's why. 
we didn't come out of a time machine. We, in fact, um, just have, it's been a long time since we've done this. We've had a lot going on over LSU Media that we're happy with, and um, we have a special place in our hearts for X-Files. In our little paper hearts. And this brings us to Tombs, which is a a sequential ep in that it goes back to, uh, what's the episode called? Squeeze? Squeeze, yeah. Which I think was only the third episode. Yep. Yeah, so this is actually calling back to the same monster of the week in the same season. Right. But uh, we we haven't done a lot of mythology on this feed outside of the revival, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. We've done, I think, just three or four. Yeah, just maybe. three or four. Maybe. Right. We definitely, well, the pilot maybe. for sure. Um, and we, we don't purposely avoid mythology. We just try to nail out monster of the week stuff so you don't have to worry about listening to these or watching them in succession. But we might bang out a mythology two-parter or trilogy now and again um but yeah not today today not today today we're going to talk about tombs which i'm super pumped about and traditionally the uh co-hosts um whoever's not leading the episode because it's their pick will ask the person a question won't they josh so dean (laughs) why, why did you pick uh tombs buddy because he is a fucking creep (laughs) <laughs> he creased me out. Um, I thought it was an easy pick. It was early season. I wanted to go back and, and clean up a little bit, trim trim the verge a little bit around the, the early stuff and just get back to this guy so we could wrap up tombs. Oh, wait, is there one more with him? No, he okay. is one with the escalators. He's one of the escalators. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if he had crazy mutant healing or something. Spoiler. Yeah. Speaking of, we spoil the episode, we swear, <laughs> and uh, just be warned. But um, yeah, I wanted to wrap up the tomb stuff because I thought he was a great villain and he creeps me out. And uh, I watched this episode and I liked it still. Um, I think I like Squeeze better though on our tombs yeah. rewatch, but I still like them both for sure because he just is weird. And uh, the inhumanness, yet humanness of him is what makes him such a creep. And I think the guy who plays him, uh, Doug Hutchinson, is really good. I think he just yeah. plays a very good creep. That's why I picked it. Creepy as shit. So, let's uh, get to our initial impressions on Tombs. Do you have any? Um, yeah, I'll agree with you. It's uh, First season's got some great ones. It's kind of just cool, you know, watching that stuff and seeing the show kind of figure its way forward and kind of run with the gains, especially as you get to, into like the second half of the season. They're like, holy shit, we're, we're doing well. And we didn't expect to be, and um, like, hey, let's let's try something out. Let's bring back a somebody from an earlier episode, and that's something that I don't think they did very often outside of mythology. Um, I I know they didn't do very often, mm. um, and I'll agree with you. I don't think it's nearly as strong as as Squeeze. Sure, um, but I think at this point, what Squeeze was what the third episode. Uh, yes, third episode ever. So what you do have in this one is that you have the the Mulder and Scully characters a lot more fleshed out by now, right? Which is cool. So the, I think they squeeze is for me. It's about oh man, what great villain, what a creepy ass monster. Sure. Um, Tombs. This follow up is more about the dynamic of reintroducing that into Scully and Mulder's life and world and what's going on with their careers and what's going on with the X-Files. So it's, it's less about um, him as the monster, but there's, there's some cool twists in here. And what I really appreciate that they didn't do is 
the classic like you know Star Wars or or superhero kind of movie thing where you reintroduce a character or a concept or a a vessel or a vehicle and you have to like give it a new power the second time around. Indeed. Like he doesn't He doesn't have to be new and improve with a different cape. No. Right? No. It's the same fucking tombs. Um you know, some of his approaches he does some clever shit, but it's the same it's the same creature. He doesn't have any additional powers, which I, I thought was uh remarkably restrained. Sure. So yeah, good good episode. Um cool to uh cool to see him back. Yeah, I liked it too. I I, I appreciate there's uh, there's something about his behavior, I think, that makes him so unsettling because he's such a monster. Like, he's not a person. He's very much an animal in yeah. the way he behaves, which is something I appreciate about him. Um, I also like the idea of this... Uh, what attracted me so much to this this villain, as it were, is the killing through time, the hibernation, the fact that he... He disappears. You only have a small window of opportunity to nab this guy. And the idea of him being around for so long always adds a deeper level of uh, creepiness and horror to the character in question when you start looking at victims from the 30s. And, of course, when you look at Tombs, he looks like a, a man who may be 22. He looks super young. And yeah. I like that a lot. That's, that's always creepy. And like you said, some of the stuff in this episode that, that I think stands out is... Watching Mulder and Scully's relationship get deeper, and 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 I listen. I, I haven't watched all of these back to back to back in a long time, so I can't really tell you the trajectory of Scully and in in Mulder's relationship with any authority. But I feel like this is an important moment in the development of their characters when they're on the stakeout and they're doing a changing of the guard, which of course we're going to talk about. So there's stuff like that that I thought was interesting. I think that um, there's always good stuff between these two when they give them something to talk about as it relates to the common stressors in their life, which is the X-Files, the brass or the bureaucracy of the Bureau um, and how that affects them in the hearings and stuff like that. I like seeing this. And uh, more shenanigans from Mulder, of course, is always good. So let's bang right into this bad boy. Worst FBI agent ever. Ever. Uh, <laughs> so we open with the Druid Hill Sanitarium, which is in Balmer, Maryland. And uh, we get a nice, uh, I guess you call it a tracking shot or a panning shot that is starts with a Constantine wire. Um, and then we superimpose the cells over this. And we keep moving ourselves, our camera from the right to the left. And uh, it settles on a door of sorts that says Tombs, comma, Victor Eugene. And of course, we know that this is where he's staying. He's not in a prison per se because he's mentally, uh, he's a fucking silly brain. So they put him, yeah. in, they put him in, a, in a silly house. Can right? I just say something? Sure. This is, we forget, like, this is 93, dude. Or sure. I'm sorry, 94, but sure. it's part of the first season. That's so. There's people that are in bars legally drinking that weren't born when this episode first aired, which mm. is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay, I I watched this episode on TV. No shit. All right, I very very rarely remember the first time I I, I see things in general. If, if I've seen them more than once, and it was earlier movie TV, I just never do. But I remember sitting there. It's like Sunday nights. And it was like one of the few shows. Like I actually was like, oh, I'm gonna watch. My parents let me watch. And 
this is like pre-internet. Like you don't sure. like now sure. you see like the list of like, all right, here are all the episodes coming out this season. Um, okay, cool. Like what are all the titles? We'll look, click on each one. Let me read a little blurb. No, dude, you just don't know X-Files on Sunday at eight. That's it. And then it pans and you see tombs. And I was like, oh shit. I didn't say uh-huh. that because I was like 10. I was like, oh sh- sugar. Oh snap. <laughs> that's the, that's the creepy stretchy guy. Sure. I was like excited. Right. And uh, right. that's cool. It's kind of too bad you can't do that anymore. You know, I mean, you can with fuckery, but then it's sure. fuckery. But. It, it's funny that that was your experience. I, I really envy that. For me, it was, uh, I decided to rewatch X Files one day. And I knew that there was a lot of X Files I did not see because I kind of missed it because of when it happened in my life. There was a lot of X Files on. I missed it. it. You know, you don't have DVR, you don't have Netflix. You kind of have to set your VCR if you're not going to fucking be there. I was, you know, balls deep in some D&D. So, I, like, my weekends were, like, at night, we would play a bunch of D&D, right, when I was, like, younger. Um, and this, I mean, well, this was... I'm familiar. I'm familiar. Oh, for sure. When I, but I'm just saying, like, when you're young, you would play, like, Friday to Sunday and then come yeah. out of a cocoon of sorts and return to school and try to be normal. Um, but for, for me, I missed a lot of it. And then when I sat down only a handful of years ago, maybe five, to watch the X-Files again, I remember watching Squeeze and going, wow, he was introduced so early. And I never really remembered that there was a second episode because I had all these images that blurred together. And then I was going through it on Netflix and I went, holy shit, there was two with him. That's awesome. So I, I had it from that angle. You had it from the excitement of, holy shit, the stretchy guys is, is in it. And unless I go to you know, stop and shop and buy a fucking TV guide. You're not going to know the episode, what it's about. You're not going to know anything until you watch it. Yeah. It's very cool. I like it. So, uh, old Toomsies is locked up and we start right away. They, they, it's funny with Toomsies, they do it a little differently this time around. They know that we know who Toomsies is and they're going to remind us and they're not going to be subtle about it. Right. Mm-hmm. So he sticks his arm. By the way, he should not have a feeding slot like this. Come on. He's tombs. They didn't get the memo. They didn't get the memo. But I guess if they got it, they would throw it away and say, okay, yeah, sure, he can stretch. Have a nice day. He can't stretch. He's a person. We don't believe in these things. We don't believe in these things. So he reaches his arm through, and he starts to reach for the door. And I'm thinking, is he just bored and, like, whimsy? How long has he been here? Is this... Why, why is he trying it now? But I guess it doesn't matter. Maybe he just is, maybe they have guys walk up and down and he never really gets an opportunity to. But that doesn't matter. He's just reminding us who he is and what he can do in case you missed it. And uh, we we meet Dr. Monty who goes in to see him. I love how we start though with the creepy synthesized strings, some silly brain noises <laughs> through the hallways. <laughs> the fucking panning. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you recognize Monty? Yeah, he's the man, dude. He's been um, in a lot I, of shit, that guy. Yeah, he has. I recognize him from one thing in particular, though. Um, the Wire. Nice. He was the fucking Greek dude. Um, Spiros. Spiros. Vondas. Spiros Vondas, whatever. He's yeah. awesome. I believe yeah. he was also... Was he in... Um, God damn, I don't remember the name of, of the character in it. Oh, no, no, he wasn't. That was the guy from Die Hard, the federal agent from Die Hard and him. I confused them a lot when I was younger. They looked similar to me when I was a oh, kid. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking, was he in Goonies? Yeah, he might have. I think both of them were in Goonies as brothers. This guy was in Goonies? Wasn't he? 
No. No? You don't think so? No. I thought I him and the guy. Oh, you did. I thought. <laughs> <As> we spoke. <laughs> okay, cool. I thought, but I know the other he's, guy is, right? Anderson? He's, Agent Anderson. Yeah, yeah. What's, the in, actor, what's uh, this actor's name? Uh, Paul Ben Victor. Paul Ben Victor. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I feel like he's been in a bunch of shit, though. Like, he strikes me as being in. Yeah. Know, mafia he's in films. Like, yeah. Uh, True Romance. Yeah, a minor role yeah, in yeah, that. I remember Tombstone. That. Okay. Tombstone. No shit. Yeah. Huh. Awesome. All right. Well, he's here. So he's Dr. Yep. Monty. And he's here to uh to say hello to his client. I guess he's treating, I guess you could say, treating him. Is that what he's doing yeah, here? That's hundred percent what he's doing. Just wanted to see how you're feeling today. Um he goes on to ask him if he's nervous and reassurance tombs that he's gonna be getting out. So uh apparently Dr. Monty Know some experts who agree that Toombs is ready to be reintroduced into society, um, but he does say, "Keep your fingers crossed." And then he get it. Then he says, "Be a don't be a weirdo." It's a figure of speech. Don't literally cross your fingers, you weirdo. <laughs> don't further creep out the people watching this at home. Uh, but no, pretty cool. And he's just like, "Yeah." So don't worry, we're going to get you out of here. So this quick thing before we hop over to Jager Hoover Building is just Monty coming in. We introduce Toombs who continues to be quiet and menacing and weird with really creepy green eyes. And we find out Yeah, the green eyes only come up sometimes. When he's feeling a little stressed, I think. Well, you're stressed or hungry. Or hungry. The hunger. Yeah. When he starts getting that liver eye. Yeah, he gets the liver cam. Liver cam, 9,000. When, he, when he's thinking, I'm going to eat your liver. But yeah, mm-hmm. keep your fingers crossed. Remember, that's just figure of speech. But anyway, so opening credits, and we pop right over to the J. Edgar Hoover, Hoover building. And uh, somebody's getting a talking to here. A little talking to. Take me through this. Skinner's uh, giving Scully a little piece of the ass. Um, Perfect name, by the way, when he's after you. Yeah. You're uh, unconventional. He's always just that like yeah. low, like whisper angry, mm-hmm. whisper angry talking mm-hmm. that he's perfected. Absolutely. Frankly, I'm um, quite displeased. He's <clears throat> mentions about. Uh, you know, the unconventional tactics and this and that. And <clears throat> Scully, you know, totally nonplus sitting there. It's like, you know, um, that's the nature of the X-Files. It's kind of the nature of these investigations. She mentions conventional um, tactics could decrease our rate of success, which sure. I actually think is already astronomically low, their actual rate of success, if we're talking about yeah. putting perpetrators <laughs> behind bars. <laughs> that must be happening off camera. <laughs> yeah, they don't. We don't see those episodes, I guess. No. Um, but yeah, basically, he's he's trying to rein in this whole thing. It's, it's just there's a vague heat on the X Files that sure. this episode. It's not like one. Sometimes it's following up on one particular thing. One thing that usually Mulder does that's dumb or over the top. Um, and it's cool, right now we have Cigarette Smoking Man, who still hasn't been really revealed. He's still just the creepy guy smoking in the background of Skinner's office, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of, it was a fun time for that character before you really got into everything he became involved in, more with the mythology stuff. Sure. Um, and that's about it. Um, uh, Scully sticking up for the X-Files and their approach, um, and Skinner kind of going after him. And that leads us right into Toombs' hearing. Tombs is hearing, yeah. He is not happy, boy. Skinner. But, <clears throat> you, you know, I was trying to ascertain this, and I kind of want to get your thoughts on this. I know that Skinner really likes Mulder and Scully. 
And I, I think he's specifically fond of Scully because she's such a pro. And part of me wonders, do you think he's giving her a heavier case of the ass in the presence of the smoking man? Uh, yeah, I would think so. Um, like, I wonder I, if, I, if, I if also, he's just turning up the heat a little bit. Because, if, I mean, to, for her to bring up the 75% closing rate stat, which, of course, we don't see as you suggested, which is funny. <laughs> but um, that's your only saving grace, I think, is his exact quote here. Yeah. And he's um, you got to be by the book. And she's like, listen, it's going to come down a little if you want me to be whatever. And the smoking man is just chilling. I think there's also a lot of, you know, he he's like a tough 50s dad, right? I got you. Tough love kind of. Yeah, he'll roll up his sleeves and belch in the mouth. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, right. It's a belt. It's not going to fucking scar. Okay? Yeah, belts for the guys. Fists are Grin for the women. Barrett. Because <laughs> that's how it goes. That's America. <laughs> That's my America, okay? Uh, my, my America. <laughs> um, but he's, I mean, I believe when he's attacking or kind of coming at them, putting heat on them. He's putting the horns down a little. Yeah, and he has their genuine best interests in mind. He's thinking about their careers. Um, he's thinking about their reputation, their life even beyond their career in the FBI. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think it's part of both. Yeah, you I know? think you're right, too, on that, because... Think about this for, for, I mean, put yourself in assistant director Skinner's shoes for just a minute. He's chilling at this desk. This menacing asshole who's giving you lung cancer secondhand is just chilling in the corner. Doesn't say anything. And if you're Skinner and you're fond of these two people and this man standing here representing a group of powerful men way beyond Skinner, then you must start to get that feeling like I can't save you if you don't mm. listen to me. Because if this guy steps in, Right, there's got to be that. That's got to be a part of it. Like you don't imagine you talking to your subordinate with a superior that's very mysterious standing over you that you don't know, that you're worried could just fucking yank the plug on these two at any minute. So I guess there is a lot of tough love. Maybe that's what he's doing. Like you're saying, it's like a tough yeah, love, right? Yeah, it's I think creepy. So. Goddamn. So anyway, smoking man extinguishes the cigarette, which is a great segue into Toombs's hearing. Manner, um, by order of the state of Maryland, the court shall review the psychological status of Eugene Victor Toombs. Of course, three names, because he's a fucking killer. They always get the three. Required. Dr. Pamela Koretsky's testimony begins. She says uh, a lot of science stuff. And then um, I like how we just superimpose various expert testimonies over this. We know that this is taking some time. And then, of course, we conclude... Uh, in, in, in favor of Tombs with Monty speaking. Um, and he's just ready to let this guy come over and fuck his sister, I think. Come on in. <laughs> put that stretchy dick in her and fucking have some turkey. Oh, I never thought about that. Hmm? Weird, huh? It's a little weird. We never thought about what? <laughs> if he could stretch like Mr. Fantastic's dick. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Sean Connery's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, but but the overall mass doesn't change, right? I guess you're right. So Sean Connery's good. Right. Because he could stretch, but he's not challenging the girth no. that, that he's bringing to the table. That's or you could, he could probably shrink it and just fatten it up like a little like can a, of tuna fish. It's true. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He could definitely make a can of pomade if he needed to. <laughs> <laughs> Get crazy with it. He could do some tricky shit. Yeah. But anyway, Mr. Toombs has... Uh, learn to articulate his feelings. Monty's trying to convince us. Uh, and then we get 
sort of murder vision, right? Because he starts tapping his pen and that annoys, that annoys Tunes, which is something new. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. I don't know. It's, I think, <clears throat> I was going to ask you about that. Like, what is, we get this a bunch of times in this episode, we get the, the old liver vision. Yep. Liver vision. And, yeah, it's it's slow-mo with kind of a muted audio, um, green eye, sweaty thing going on. Yeah, he really gets real sweaty. Mm. And I don't know if just part of it is that he's overdue for his last liver. So he's kind of, you know, like imagine a, a predator that's gone way too long without a meal. They They might react you know, more aggressively or out of turn of how they usually would, you know, okay. an, an animal that might be a smart hunter might wait and bite its time. But if it's fucking starving, it might go for an attack that it wouldn't usually make. I, I, I agree with this assessment. And I think that's, that's so, if the, so in other words, he's super hungry, he's overdue and he's agitated by things that are simply not that agitated. Should he have a nice belly full of livers, Right. Yeah, or maybe it reminds me of a harpy. I don't know. It's possible. I, I like know. it. That's that's a little more out there, but I'm down with it. <laughs> maybe we just wanted to get some liver vision. <laughs> I think it's I think it's an annoying and an, it's an annoyance. It's some kind of, you know, some people that drum on desks you want to punch in the face, right? I happen to be one of those yeah. people who want people want to punch in the face because I drum on desks sometimes. Did it a lot in school. I had to be told to stop doing that. Do you ever, like, sometimes I sit there and click a pen, like, 300 time. times time. <laughs> without you, knowing I'm doing it? I click pens. The other thing I do is I take a pen, and every pen I have, I break the little part that allows you to put it in your pocket off. Oh, I just keep yeah. flicking it with my thumb, and then it shoots across the room, broken. Drives me nuts. <laughs> I don't know my problems. I have problems. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's a it's just an annoying sort of repetitious thing, and he... Uh, He's just starving, like you suggested. And I think that's a really good call because it explains his erratic and aggressive behavior immediately upon release. I mean, there's no no waiting. He gets right to it when he gets out. He goes, mm. you know what I mean? So yeah. I think you're onto something with it. He's starving and, and he starts to act out immediately. Yeah. But anyway, he can uh, articulate his feelings apparently. But um, he's got a, a lot of people kind of testifying on his behalf. Yeah, all of these are Monty's friends. The fix is in, right? The fix is in. He wants to win a case. He wants to add it to his profile. He doesn't really care about the safety of the public. He just wants Don't to win. Worry. Don't worry, because the state or whatever is about to present their expert, um, Special Agent Fox Mulder. Who enters strong. And yeah. he's doing really well for a minute. Mm-hmm. For a minute. Uh, and judging by the reaction on wh- whatever the guy that's representing the state, looks like... Uh, I don't know if he asked Balder any questions at a time. I, I don't like, think so. I, I think you usually screen them. You're like, hey, so um, Agent Mulder, what do you, uh, <laughs> what points are you going to highlight in your in your testimony? Yeah. Hey, you know, is Scully you, around? You, yeah. Is there is there anybody else that can come down? Yeah. Are you? Can I see those credentials again, just real quick? I just, I kind of just, you flashed it, but are right. you actually an FBI agent? Sure. Can I? You know, he didn't do his homework. A, he didn't screen, and B, didn't look at a single prior testimony from Mulder on the various cases in which he went batshit crazy in. Yeah. It's a devil. She did I things. I see here you last, um, <laughs> you were an expert testimony on um, ancient aliens on the History Channel. 
Sure. Okay. That's really All good. Right. Okay. Hey, that's legit. Did you murder a man that you guys had in in that did you murder an escaped convict? Did you shoot him in the head while he's sitting on a bus? Did mm. was that you? Mm-hmm. Uh, did okay. did you stake a child? Did you did you ram a uh, did you ram a stake through his fucking <laughs> chest? Hey, did you go to a town and not solve a single solitary murder more than one time and then blame vampires and demons? I think you're disqualified. Did, Can you call Did Scully? you go to the Arctic and get pretty much every other expert killed in a research station with you <laughs> and not solve that either and burn that thing to the ground? Dude, what does the fucking lawsuit pile look like on Skinner's desk? It's got to be massive. Yeah, no wonder he's pissed, dude. Right. <laughs> no wonder he's giving him a little little piece of the ass. Oof. Yes, so. I'm, I gotta, I'm trying to change my tune on Mulder. But anyway, he starts to give his credentials, profiling killer killers, and then... It immediately goes to, um, yeah, may I remind the court that Mr. Toombs is They start interrupting him in, instantly. Which is actually a good, I, I liked how they they brought this into the episode to remind the audience, not Never really remind you, tell you. Yeah, like he's not been, not just convicted, he hasn't even been formally, was never formally charged with any of these murders. Sure. Right? The, he is in just custody. Assault. Because of his assault on Agent Scully. That's right. So that is kind of a cool reminder and why it's f- feasible, I guess, that he would even be up for this kind of hearing. He's not a murder suspect, or he was. He's not a murderer. Right. He's a murder suspect in a, in a convicted assaulter of Scully in her home and, yeah. um, and deemed, I guess, to fucking cuckoo brains to be in a normal prison. Yeah. Um, and then Mulder starts a slideshow, which... Isn't bad, and then it gets bad fast. And who walks in just in time to sit in the back, all polite? Scully, <laughs> Scully. Yeah, mm-hmm. I swear, dude, he he he's, does this sh- shit just to shove it in people's face a lot of the times. Maybe he's just so like, self-destructive. Like he is. Fire me, it's, FBI! I dare you. <laughs> it's the Californication. Um, I think you're right. Aspect of, of right. him. He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you thought that was extreme? You thought that was unconventional? Watch this. Yeah. These murders span nearly a century, he begins. 19 homicides, five occurring every 30 years since 1903. Um, All in the Baltimore area. So now you're thinking, oh, it's going to be a weird cult. He's going to get into this thing. What are you thinking if you're sitting on that bench? In each case, the liver was extracted. Okay, that's weird. This is real. I see the photos. And presumably eaten, which of course, you know, gives, uh, what's your name? A little bit of the, the creeps. A trophy was taken from each victim. So there's all serial killer shit he's going on, which is super good. Many of which were found in the living quarters of Eugene Tombs at 66 Exeter Street. Okay, that's weird. Why does he have them? Records show that Eugene Tombs resided there in that same address, and then he drops this one since 1903. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, and next slide, here's his four-inch-long first pad of his finger. Right. Mulder. You're losing them, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buddy, buddy. This is crazy talk, buddy. <laughs> so no, I like how when he says, besides the liver extraction, the most notable element connecting these cases is the undetermined point of entry. Many of the victims were found with their windows locked, all shit from the inside. Scully just sort of puts her head down, and then boom, <laughs> the elongated fingerprint slide pops up. He's <laughs> like, "Here we go. All right, here we go." God damn it. God damn it. It's, it's like the classic 
you know, you lock up the madman who's speaking the truth, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, dude. You can't just say this. Well, and it's it's a weird, it's Mulder's weird principles. Like, he refuses right. to compromise right. on the fact that, I fully believe he went up there knowing, like, they're going to laugh off this testimony, but he he has he that, has to say that fucking crazy true believer thing where Scully would be practical. She would be like, okay, I'm going to present the evidence that's true that is most likely to influence this judge or whatever not to let him out. And Mulder's like, I'm, I'm going to go fucking speak the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boom. It's funny. There's no, you know what's funny about Mulder? There's really no deception to the man. Yeah, none. None, right? Because he never will take a, a manipulative, deceptive road to justify the means, right? He yeah, doesn't do that. A- He'd rather just say, He's a zealot, essentially. He he's a zealot. He's like, no, you're wrong. You're you're incorrect. You are a heretic. You are this is incorrect. You're wrong about everything. Here's the truth. No matter how crazy it sounds to you, this is the truth. In the fuck of it all is it is the truth. Right? <laughs> yeah. But he can't, for some reason, he can't put off the the truth in the face of people he knows. Like, so this guy, it's not, he's not being willfully ignorant, right? You think he no. just wants to rub it in their faces and make himself feel better, like he's going to sleep better, like he can't get past this in his own, he's yeah. like the fucking, he is the architect of his own demise <laughs> because he's so unyielding. Right, because what happens immediately, the judge is like, okay. Um, Look at so, his fingers. Yep, yep. <laughs> he's not 100 and he has normal fingers. <laughs> so, clink, clink, clink. Uh, Mr. Toombs, you're free to go. Here's this, weird old couple that welcomes assaulters to stay in their back room. Um, funny line there. I'm sure you can, it's a small room, but I'm sure you can squeeze in, right? But then we get Mulder sitting on the bench outside the courtroom and Scully walks over to him and he's kind of like pouty faced, like, oh, do you think they'd believe me if, it's like, dude, you fucking really, you knew it. You Come knew, on. you knew they weren't going to buy it. You, God damn it, Mulder. Think of him as an animal. He will only kill out of necessity and self-defense. I thought that was an interesting point about him. Um, but yeah, when they get out, Mulder, your testimony sounded, she never gets to finish a line. And if there's a line that I wish we could have finished, I wish it was this one in this TV show. And he's like, I don't care. No, 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 no. I don't care. Where were you? You were supposed to be here. Like, I had a meeting with Skinner. Yeah, I got my ass chewed out. Do you want to talk about that now? For both of us. So <laughs> Mulder then talks about all the murders. We got through that. But um, yeah, Scully says that this will be unorthodox. But, um, you know, she says that he, you're going to respect her opinion if it's her own. But if it's not from some bureaucracy. Oh, that's what she says. Yeah. I, no, yeah. no, no. He says he that. Says and that. I like that. <laughs> Me too. He says, it, Me too. If, you, if you aren't good with this because you don't believe it, Fine. then I respect that if it's because you're worried about bureaucracy, the bureaucracy or sure. somebody coming down on you then it's awesome then 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 fuck you because for having a modicum of like care about your career <laughs> <laughs> if you remotely don't want to get chastised censured and kicked out of the fbi then fuck you mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. okay yep. all right and then uh, mr tombs gets his conditions he's gonna go with this poor fucking family you're asking for it, okay? You know what? Uh, they're volunteers. I can't, I can't with these people. Weird. Is he supposed to be a minor? No. <laughs> they're just going to take a fucking cuckoo adult into their home? Mm-hmm. 
who just assaulted an FBI agent. Yeah, I got to sure. be honest. You guys don't look like you can handle yourselves. No. Against psycho strength. Yeah. They probably had a silly-brained kid. I don't know. You know, it's, I don't know what happened. Yeah, and then you know what? I know what happened. They had a silly-brained kid, right? Yeah. They had a couple of fucking gin and tonics. They were celebrating some sort of thing. Next thing you know, the kid's at the bottom of the pool. <laughs> Dead. So now they go, give me this one so we can sort of reconcile our mistakes in life. They don't drink anymore. They used to be raging alcoholics, off the record. I could see them like 15 years ago throwing down. Yeah. And now yeah, they've like overdone it. They quit you. drinking yeah. way into Jesus. Yeah. Totally clutching the rosary yeah. at every opportunity. Yeah. And uh, they're going to let this guy come into their house because that's what he would do. Got him figured. Right. But he, capital H, has powers. Okay. You and, don't. And he's going to get his job back. I guess. What's up with this? You know why? Because he's a goddamn town job. They're getting pressure yeah. from the fucking bureaucrats to put him back on. Because right. a normal company but it was would be part like, of Monty's testimony was that he's going know, to work. Thanks, Monty. When when he was working for animal control, he felt like he was helping everyone, people and animals. Sure. Fucking licking rat juice off Dude, his fingers. This is vomit <laughs> inducing. Man. <laughs> because it's a corpse. Listen. It's not just a regular corpse. It's a rat corpse. By the way, I love the uh, tracking shot on the Doc Martens as he walks to the fucking rat. You're like, what's happening? It's a rat right near the curb where it's rained. So you know that is a juicy rat corpse in the rain. (laughs) Good Lord, man. Dude, the way he just sucks down in those fingers, like... Oh, God, it's bad. It's not just a quick, like... No, it's no. Oof. This is great shoot, great great shooting. This this sort of continuous shit. Yeah. Um, and then immediately, immediately he gets liver vision. Yes. So he's back at work, right? We've established that. Yeah, he gets liver vision at that little blonde, sexy, sure, like uh, terrible businesswoman. Yeah, terrible clothes. Terrible coat. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's like, mm. I thought she was ordering a couple of gaggers, but it's a coffee. And he starts to close in. And he gets, you know, he's like, oh, I love those white tights, right? <laughs> I, love, I love I love white tights and, and my women with the purple coats and a coffee. And he's kind of like physically starting towards her. This is like in broad daylight yes. in the public. And then Mulder like cuts him off. Right. And he's like, oh, hey, uh, Help me find my turtle or fucking something he says. Heinrich about- the fucking moose hunting dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Awesome. Hey, Mulder. And then, you know what? I'm sorry. Finish. I interrupted you. Well, and then like Toon gets like all flustered and drives off. It fucking rips out of there. Yeah. What's okay? So why, Mulder? Uh, why, Mulder? I got to be honest with you. I might go over to that little fucking coffee truck, order coffee, sit down, and watch. Yeah, maybe wait for him to make, him, make let her move on her. You know what? She'll be all right. Yeah, and then you arrest him, and then then it's over. Then it's over, right? Thirty one minutes, you can turn into something else. Left yeah, in the episode. It's a short episode. <laughs> it's a short episode, but now you've alerted him that you're watching him, and uh, and failed to catch him commit a crime. Right. 
Which is funny because this goes back to what we just said. Mulder is not going to be sneaky. He's not going to be manipulative. He doesn't have the patience for it. He's already pissed off at, that, at this guy. He's pissed off at the whole thing. He's really, he's in a, he's really in a bad mood today in the last yeah. few days. And um, he just steps right in front of him and just starts breaking the guy's balls and flustering him versus lying in wait. Yep. Because he can't help yeah, himself. Not a lot of guile. None. We shoot over to Lynn Acres' retirement home. This fucking guy they brought back, which is brilliant. Briggs. Yeah. Frank Briggs. Detective Briggs. Mm. Oh. Who isn't old enough to actually... No. <laughs> I started like, doing some math in my head. I'm like, nah. But okay. I don't yeah, care. Retirement I like this home guy. in a wheelchair? Really? Yeah. <laughs> you should be out chopping wood for your family, but... Yeah. Yeah. You're supposed to be like 90 and you look like you're like 60. Right. <laughs> so it's Scully appealing to Frank. Uh, the next time he takes a life, you'll be nearly my age. Frank's pissed about that because he's thinking he's going to slip away. Scully says they need to tie him to the victims from 30 years ago. So Scully has an idea. Let's gather up a little thing called evidence. Mm -hmm. And um, is there anything at all that does not fit? She's trying to jar Briggs's memory. And um, mm -hmm. I don't mind this. It's a little contrived though, right? Yeah, because P.S., why did you bring this up when we came to sure. you? Last Why time. are you reaching into your fucking uh, little box now and pulling out a human liver, by the way, that doesn't belong to anyone you know, <laughs> which would still be creepy, okay? <laughs> this belongs to a fucking victim that was murdered that you held on to. It should be in lockup. Yeah, good thing you hung on to it just to ensure that no one could ever solve this crime. Yeah. Come on. Right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, he whips it out, talks about the Ruxton chemical plant, uh, yeah, this this wasn't from 30 years ago. This was from 60 years ago. 60. Because he was, right, so he was a sheriff 30 years ago, mm -hmm. and then he was, or I'm sorry, sheriff 60 years ago in 90, 33, and then he was like a chief or something in, in 63 sure. when he came, came back. Right. Um, so this is from the first time around. Right. Yikes. And basically what he's saying was one of the bodies was never found. They found four out of the five bodies of those murders. Um, never found the fifth one, which made him think there was something about the body that could give away yes. the killer. That's correct. Um, and he has a hunch it has it's in the foundation of the chemical plant. Right. So this begs the question, where was the liver found? At the scene? <sighs> was it confiscated from... This, no, he says it was discovered at the it, chemical plant. That's his words, when it was under right, construction. And it, but it doesn't fit the missing victim. Right. Right. The liver didn't belong to the missing victim. It's like a mystery liver. A I'm mystery confused, liver. actually, even still about the liver. Whose fucking liver is that? We don't know. Okay. But it's not going to be... We don't find out either. It's not, it's not the body we find, Unfortunately, is it? it is not. So whose liver is it? Other than... No. No, none of this matters. Yeah. Which is unfortunate in, in writing. Because yeah. the words are, this was discovered at the Ruxton chemical plant. That's what he says as he's looking at the jar, right? But he says yep. the body was never discovered. However, he thinks it's in the cement. I'm trying to understand this. How does this play out in your mind's eye? Toombs kills a guy, pulls out his liver. The police come, he drops the liver, runs away. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand how this plays out at all. Uh, maybe he it, says no, no. no. A, he says is it, it a partial liver? Maybe he says it was discovered when it was under construction. 
Um, but it doesn't belong to any of the bodies. We've, we're found at the crime scene. I'll, let me tell you exactly what he says. Give me a second. Um, I, I feel like this episode, the reason there's some stumbles is they, I think they kind of wrote backwards a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like they, all right, we want it to be about this missing body we're going to find. We're going to bring him back. They, they they kind of had some, they George Lucas did, right? Yeah. They prequeled like, all right, we're, we're going to make this work to this. Yeah. He says, when he was a sheriff during the Poe Hatton Mills killings of 1933, only four of the victims were found at the crime scene. However, there was a fifth person who was missing and never found. But this was found at the Ruxin chemical plant. That's when he produced the liver when it was under construction but it doesn't belong to the other victims. This doesn't prove it belongs to the person murdered by tombs, Scully retorts. And he says, I'm positive the tombs hid this one victim because there was something about the body that could prove he was the killer. And what makes okay, you positive? So and he the, just says a the, hunch. The liver does belong to that fifth victim. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I guess I confused that. But what was silly is they found the liver and not the body. So the body's in the cement, but not the liver. Could that have just been happenstance by way of construction? I mean, that seems like a stretch. But anyway, I don't think we're going to get an answer to that. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Why, how find the liver, not the body, if it's pulled from the right. same place? Why didn't you eat the liver? That's the whole point of your yeah. murders. Unless you got spooked and ran off, but that doesn't make I sense. I think there's either. some bites out of it, maybe. Yeah. He might have had a couple of, a couple of little bites. You know, it's uh, getting close to lunch, but you don't want to eat your whole apple. <laughs> you just take a couple of bites, throw it back in the bag. <laughs> Save it eat, for later. Eat half a sandwich. You know how that goes. Half, a, I'll have well, half a ham sandwich now. It convinces Scholar though, because the next thing we know, we're at the chemical plant with a fucking ground penetrating radar and <laughs> attack, and a bunch of people crawling all over the place. And so. we're just going to go ahead and magically hand wave the exorbitant amount of legal work you'd have to do to get that warrant. Oh yeah, yeah. Sure. So Scully and, and backup from <laughs> the FBI yeah. and local jurisdictions and everything. Yeah, and what do they check this guy out? Does he check himself out of the old folks' home and yeah, they get For him a in random there. hunch by a retired crazy sheriff who keeps livers under his bed? Sure, from sixty years ago. Yeah, and I guess Scully has a handicap accessible vehicle. <laughs> yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, it's nineteen ninety four. Um, some guys tried to blow up the World Trade Center the year before. Maybe work on that. Nah. No, no. Now we got a sixty year old murder. Um, that we're going to spend uh, $2 million to try to fucking dig into. We're not counterterrorism, cool. we're X-Files. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Come on, Mr. fucking Cthulhu victim. So they head out, and uh, she brings him. He puts his hat on, though, so we know he's going to be warm. His old man hat oh, I love that, that 80-year-olds wear, and, and sometimes 60-year-olds in TV shows. Scully explains it to Briggs how the ground-penetrating radar operates, suggesting that it could be used to search for body in the foundation, which is why you're driving me out here, right? And set up all this equipment. So the engineer uh, searches while Briggs rolls around taking a gander, right? It's okay to say he rolls around, right? <laughs> well, it's accurate. That's what he's doing. So. Um, he finds a spot where he truly believes the body. This guy is might be Spider-Man. I don't know. He, he, he says, it's here, goddammit. It's right here. He emphatically points at the concrete earth. Uh, maybe a memory jogged him. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know what it was. But whatever yeah, it was, it's the same either. reason Tombs exists. X-Files magic. Mm-hmm. So um, she is saying, okay, well, let's start doing some heavy concrete damage to this chemical plant. Hard cut to Tombs putting a dead cat in a bag. 
Oh, I was like, dude, after the rat, what is he going to do with this dead cat? So I got a question. Is this the same route? Because what the fuck <laughs> is going on in the streets? Just animals croaking in the middle of a, a nice fucking town streets. Cat probably got ran over. I guess. It looked pretty intact. Maybe got hit. It's possible. But it looks man, pretty flat. There are a lot of dead animals on this road. <laughs> well, he's he's been off his beat, you know. I guess. Gotta go back and clean it up. So he's and picking up he, dead cats. He's zeroes in on a dude. Now he's zeroes in another dude. He gets fucking what? Labor vision again. Yeah. So here's I did I forgot to ask this earlier. Why is it so purple? why is what purple? Did you catch that? Liver vision gives purple jackets to people. The woman had oh, really? a purple jacket, and now I call him Mr. Businessman, has a purple jacket. I, I guess it's the filter they're using. Sure. That it's probably the same one that gives him those green eyes, maybe. Okay. I don't know. All right. All right. Um but I like it. It's kind of like a predator. Yeah, I of course like it. Uh, uh, here's my question though. What he just wants to live. How does right? he qualify victims? Yeah. What makes, cause I don't think it's, it's like an animal, right? So it's not like he cares about the person, like in terms of like, he's not like a sexual predator. No, right. No, no, not Cause at you kind of like, he looked at that last was like an attractive woman. Now this is like a, an awkwardly small headed, broad shouldered business guy. Sure. Who's bald. He seems to like bald guys, Monty, um, a couple of guys, a couple of the first victims were, I think he likes rich people. Oh, maybe because they eat better and their livers okay. are like fattier and richer. Maybe. Okay. Is that okay. what he's sensing? Maybe. Because okay. he it was the first, the victims we saw, there was the dude in the office who was working late. Yep. I remember him. He wasn't bald though, was he? I don't know. No, maybe not. But maybe he just thinks that they're soft targets. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was the guy, like the widower who had... uh the katana and mm-hmm. the wakazashi. That's on his, right. Uh, That's right. Yeah, we fucking got thing. that from the catalog. So they're rich. They all and he, this guy like looks like a business guy, trench coat. Like, yeah, maybe rich people, better livers. Maybe he just diets. assumes, like I do, that homeless people are alcoholics, and he doesn't want it. <laughs> he doesn't want that spongy, fucking alcohol liver. Oh, gross. <laughs> maybe maybe there's a smell. I like that. It's like he doesn't. It just, he was immediately attracted to that guy mm-hmm. from a predatory, not like attracted. Yeah, he, didn't want, he doesn't want to suck him off. He wants to eat his liver. <laughs> is that what we're yeah. saying? He's, the, he's not a freak, you know? Yeah, he's not a weirdo. <laughs> 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 he just wants some lunch. Can a guy have a bit of lunch without getting crucified? But there seems to be something about it that's beyond his control. Yes, I think we're supposed right? to believe this is a, almost vampiric in nature with that pull. I mean, he was walking right at that woman. Yeah. Yeah. He failed his uh, frenzy check. <laughs> um, so yeah, the guy goes home and I like how we get this. See, I like this sequence. I think this is the, the sequence of the, of the episode right here. This, this sort of creepy tracking, walking there, going to the guy's house. Uh, Toombs pulls up behind him. And the best is seeing Mulder pull up behind him. I love it. And I wrote, <laughs> I wrote, I wrote in my notes, Toombs pulls up, Mulder pulls up behind him because he's a psychopath. Because <laughs> he's just following this guy everywhere. <laughs> By the way, if, if Toombs was not in fact a silly brain, I, he would be on the phone with Laura like, this guy's harassing me, man. Yeah. 100%. Come on, dude. 
<laughs> also, um, you like what job are you not doing right now? Anything. No evidence right? gathering. He's trying to catch <laughs> but, him. But I ass. mean, you, it's not like he's not a freelancer. He works. For, <laughs> he's an FBI agent. Like there's, he is assigned to a case that he's not working on right now because he's pulling unauthorized twenty four hour surveillance on silly brain tombs. Yeah. Well, so. businessman's wife is going to go watch him TV in bed, um, which I thought he would have gotten the code based on her cute little shirt and legs sticking out that it was time to go fuck. But he doesn't because he's got mergers to get to. Mm-hmm. And uh, outside, Mulder snaps awake. Boom. He's like, fuck. I like that. That That is going to come back when we realize how much surveillance he's actually doing because we're not sure at first. Because when I first watched him, I'm like, why is he asleep, man? I'm like, you suck at your job, You're terrible dude. at this, but we learn later why, which is kind of neat. But anyway, he rushes yep. to the house. He has his pistol out, goes right to the van, looks around, and then he realizes he's not here. He rushes to the to the house. We see the manhole cover slam shut, which was awesome. And then we cut to sexy Mrs. Businessman, I call her. Hmm. Um, sexy Mrs. Businessman. <laughs> Does that work? <laughs> that's, uh, that's like chauvinistic on three levels. I like it. Okay, cool. So yeah. who has some, one star? Who has some one green star. toilet water issues? I don't know what she's eating, but for sure, <laughs> for sure, go to the doctor. She's like, I, I'm not telling my husband about this. I don't want him to see what I just did in here, which I appreciate. Yeah, because I, I like, uh, I like when I'm in a relationship. I don't want, I don't want any disclosure of bodily functions to each other. I'm weird like that. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to know that you poop if we're dating. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I'm never, I'm going to do my best to never give you evidence of it. I don't ever want to fart in front of each other. I'm not going to take a shower while you're peeing. I'm not doing any of that. I, you know, that's going to be a losing battle, man. (laughs) Well, Well, over time, I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess I'm 33, never lived with anybody. Um, Oh, there you go. Good. So there you go. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, So anyway, outside, I'm sorry. Uh, inside, we have sexy Mrs. Businesswoman, and um, who has some oh, Mrs. 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 Businessman who has some green toilet. She snakes that fucker like a boss. Mm. She gets in there and twirls that snake down into that thing. And man, I am on the edge of my seat in this scene. I'm like, this is disgusting. He's gonna come through the toilet. I'm gonna vomit. <laughs> but then, baby businessman starts to cry. Mm. Right. So she's like, oh, dumb baby. So she heads up, and uh, she, after her brief tug of war, um, she comes back, has a brief tug of war with the uh, snake, and then uh, you know, baby locks the toilet down, which I thought was funny. Yeah, this like is just that. all good. This is tense. I like this a lot. Yeah, yeah, because there's there was tension for me, like rewatching it. Even when I, I, I remembered the end. I kind of remember what happened, but I'm like, I don't remember. Like, how does he get into this house and mm-hmm. whatever? And I'm like, I would same thing. I was like, oh God, please don't poke your head out of that green fucking shit water. Right. Um, and then, yeah, that toilet latch was a nice move. It was um, a little misdirection. Yeah. Um, but cool scene. Then Tombs comes through the window uh, covered in shit. Does Mr. Businessman not have a nose? <laughs> He's covered in human shit. <laughs> I guess he would be. He was down in the sewer. Look at him. His yeah. oily shit hands. Yeah, and now that I think of it, I know you can squeeze, but you're talking about like, like a, what is that, a four-inch pipe that goes to a toilet? Yeah. So it must have not have been him. That must have been total misdirection, right? That's the just, toilet? That's just, that was, just fuckery, that, I think. That was just a nasty dump? 
No, I think that really was him. Like, I think he was oh, trying okay. to go that way. <laughs> no, I was thinking maybe she tried to like flush him down the toilet. I don't know. Yeah, I guess he was like, no, nah, I can't make that. Yeah. I can't make that crawl. Or, or that it's latched. <laughs> he He's not, you know what I also like about um, him? And we talked about this in Squeeze. He's not very smart. He's actually quite stupid. Well, I mean, he's clever as an animal. He, he has that, some cleverness to him, but he seems like, like he might be kind of dumb. Well, I agree with you until a little bit later in this episode. Then I think they kind oh, of right, break, right. break that paradigm. True. Because he's, why go through the toilet when you have a perfectly good window you can go through? Right. That's right. open. I, yeah. I think it was more the... I don't know. It doesn't matter. Because well, that's how he fled from Mulder, was going through this drain. Oh, yeah, you're right. I should have watched. I should have watched. But Mulder Squeeze. was asleep. <laughs> he was fucking nah, asleep. True. He could have walked up to the window and slashed his throat. Nice. But anyway... Tombs uh, comes through the window covered in shit. Um, what's his name? Still working on his mergers and shit. And then we have Mr. Businessman. Yeah, Mr. Businessman. And then we have Tombs watching him from the shadows, and he starts to get a little bit of a liver vision, but not really. I mean, we get slow mo, and then the back black and white comes in, and we have just the subject, the target, as as, as it were, um, being goom, in color. Goom, goom. That like slow walk, Very cool. footstep echo. Yeah. Um. This is, I mean, this is very careless by him. He doesn't know he's being followed. He goes to the house. This is him being in the thralls of, you know how you were suggesting like he's easily agitated when he's starving? He might just also be sloppy. Yeah. Well, because this is where this whole thing gets confusing. I think that's what you, they want you to think, but then, right, then Mulder's on the trail. He sees the dirty fingerprints on the windowsill he knocks on the door, goes into the house, and he's looking around. Sure. He sees more fingerprints upstairs. The window's open. Right. And a different window, and then the van's gone. He's so stuck out, yeah. I think they, I don't know. Are they trying to say that this whole thing was intentional misdirection by Tombs just to, to drop the trail? I think he, no. I kind Because probably just drive away while Mulder's asleep, right? I guess, yeah. Maybe, okay, maybe, maybe I, I was overdoing it in my head because I'm like, oh man, like layers on layers. Like he's <laughs> he's getting him to follow him into this house and then he's going to sneak back out. I think you're right. I think he was just kind of getting sloppy and then... And then I think Mulder's presence just ruined the kill. Right. And so then, then he bolts and then he, he uses that to get away while Mulder's in there. Right. Which... Which the thing I like about this is this. I like how he decides that he will now target Mulder. That makes sense to me. Right? Because now yeah. he's like, is this guy gonna follow me forever? It becomes yep. a it becomes almost like a, a predatorial thing. Like this fuck's gonna go down. And then we're gonna get back to business. It does, except it doesn't go the way Right. It doesn't that go that fits, way. Fits really. But anyway, let's go to the Smithsonian and talk to Dr. Plith. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a Star Wars uh, race. One thing we we did, <laughs> Plith? Plith. Yeah. Yep. Nice. I want to play Star Wars again. It's a good game. Like the role playing game. Great game. Are you, are you giving me hints on air? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Enough for this podcast. Carry on. <laughs> um, we we did forget to mention they they started digging that shit up and we saw the the hand and yep. the wedding ring on it. Of course. Yep. That um, was a cutback. 
So this is where we get that. They basically cut out. It's cool that when they actually do that, if there's a body buried in something, they don't just like keep digging out that body. They cut out that entire like cubic area. Good move. And bring it into a lab. Good move. So that's what we're looking at. Yep. Um, I like that's on the chains and shit. This is just cool, cool little uh, set. I like this a lot. Yeah. And uh, Plitz got some info. Uh, he's talking about the year of death, probably the mid-30s. They found copper. Uh, they looked a little deeper. Noticed that they were pennies. They uh, matched up these penny dates to the dates in question. Uh, Scully asked the cause of death, and he can't really determine it, but he does talk about some rat work getting done on them ribs. Mm. Delicious ribs. Um, and then he starts to talk about how this is going to be a while. You know, it's a slow and necessary process. The doctor says he tried something that sort of be off the book. So this is something we're seeing in this episode, right? This is a thematic through, which is unorthodox techniques, right? It comes up early. Yeah, We see Scully presented with unorthodox techniques. We see Mulder doing them off the record. I guess not really unorthodox, but just sort of off the record. And now... She's presented with the situation where this is not official, okay? And she says, okay, because, of course, her curiosity gets the better of her. <clears throat> and he reveals um, there's a photograph from the 30s that could possibly be this victim. I don't know how he came up with that, but it doesn't matter. And then he says, we have this crazy computer fucking gizmo, and we can do stuff like recreate skulls based off of things. And um, he matches them. Isn't that what he's doing? He says, this photo in this... The person yeah. that we think is the victim would be the person that owns this particular skull based on some computer simulations. Yeah, the skull fits like that picture. And that picture came from Briggs, had it. Oh, because that's right. It was just a missing person, but it was who they suspected of being the fifth victim. They couldn't prove it because they never found the body. Right. Thus being here. Cool. So, yeah. So, yeah. This is probably that victim, well, that person that you're suspecting, but uh, it's not official yet. So he must have been, you know what I like about this? It shows the distinct lack of technology at this point in the world, especially in forensics, to where he says, this is off the record because it would never stand up in court, essentially, right? I guess that's what he's yeah. saying, that this isn't really definitive. It's too, there's too many variables. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I also like that that comes up later. This, this technology reveals itself again with the bite. But um, we go to Scully and Mulder, and um, she shows him the photo, and he says, it's not enough. A dozen time to tombs. And I was like, hey, how about a thank you? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to find but actual. Then we get more to the fact that he's, he's cranky and sleep-deprived. Very much and hungry. So. His car is a mess. Scully reminds him that a proper surveillance team requires two officers. Mulder comments about the book, but Scully says it's more about sleep depth, buddy. Right? Yeah. Two, two officers per shift. Sure. And he's soloing it the entire time. Mulder says that they wouldn't get help, but Scully will help him. Um, they are, and then I like this. This is something that I think the show does well sometimes, where Mulder will just blurt out a sentence that is. When you have the POV of the viewer of the TV show, you feel like, oh, shit, this is what's on his mind. I guess I didn't really realize it's weighing on him as much as it is. I thought it was the case. And this is something that I think the company does well and they do well with him where he just says, they're out to put it under the X-Files. Like, whoa, wait, slow down. Yeah. Like, I like this because this is real behavior out of somebody. You know, you know what it's like, dude. You've had a fight with your girlfriend about something dumb. And then the deeper you probe on the fight, you realize it's about something else. 
And that was their method of communication, right? Yep. <laughs> and that's what he's doing. He's saying, exactly. He's just like, they're about to put it in there. That's why I'm fucking cranky. That's why I'm doing this. That, like, it all starts to, she's like, aha. Uh-huh. And then he goes on to say he's concerned for Scully's career because I don't care because I'm a fucking kamikaze pilot, right? I don't give a shit about me. I'm worried about you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's where, like I was talking about earlier, that's where this being a little bit further along, that's what you didn't have. You didn't have as much depth sure. or care for these characters. So, you know, episode three, these they're just feeling each other out. Yep. That was kind of like the... It was the first monster of the week they ever worked on, mm-hmm. right? The first literal monster of the week. Sure. Um, and now it's 20 episodes or so later, and yeah, there is, like, you know enough about them, and you believe that Mulder's generally concerned about her career, and, you know, they have this kind of nice little heart-to-heart once they break through that, you know, and what she says, and and then that little, like, you know, if there's iced tea in that bag, it could yes. be love. yes. This is a cool moment. This is a she great pulls it out. Moment. Yep. It's root beer. Sorry. Wasn't meant to be. Scully says that she wouldn't risk her career for anyone else. Uh, and I think it's important to talk about what you're saying here, the development of these characters, because it starts with Mulder, once upon a time, would mock Scully for being safe, right? Yes. Now he's concerned for her career because this is completely uh, unsafe, what he's doing. And her being there puts her in jeopardy. Uh, I like that a lot. I also like that we see that she's willing to risk her career for him, right? That's huge. This is a big, big watershed moment in the series for these two. Yeah, absolutely. You take that for granted a few seasons on, but right now that's, that's probably the first, the strongest thing that's ever been said it's, about their relationship. Yeah, it's very overt too. It's very, it's very honest dialogue. It's, there's a long beat after she says that, and that's when he makes the joke that you mentioned. But anyway, he finally agrees to go home. Scully's going to look at the bite mark, Oh, oh, I'm sorry. And then Scully looks at the bite mark in the sandwich Mulder gave her, which, of course, is going to give her an idea later. Yes. And we go back to Mulder at home, watching The Fly. Lots of screaming. The original, yeah. Uh, We see Mulder's uh, vents unscrewing. I like that they brought that back. That was a nice hallmark or a callback. I love love that in the first one. Yep. And then um, we see Sleepy Mulder Mm -hmm. rolling around on the couch. and I, it's cool, man. How they they sync up the, um, like the the score yeah, of the dude. fly yes. with the appearance of tombs. Yes. Very slick. Very cool. So you're just the cameras just zoomed in on a corner of the room, and you know it's coming. And the music from the fly in the background, <clears throat> and then tomb steps right in the corner, and you're like, oh shit, yeah, Mulder, you're in trouble. Yep. They call that something in film, and I never remember the name of it. Um, I think it's called um, diegetic. It's D-I-E-G-E-T-I-C. How would you say that? Di- diegetic? D-I, what is D-I-E-G-E-T-I-C. it? D-I-E-G-E-T-I-C. It's, a, sure. it's from a Greek word, um, meaning diegesis, which in Greek is recounted story. But diegetic sound is sound. This is, this is really cool, like in film composition, but it's a sound that source is visible in the fucking show itself. In other words, it's not the suspension of disbelief like Star Wars, oh, right? Star yeah, Wars yeah. is you hear the score and you listen and you go, oh, cool. Whereas diegetic sound could be anything, including music played by something in the scene. Oh, cool. Cool. Diegetic. 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 Oh, wrong song. Slip that one in the repertoire next time I talk to fucking Matthew Anderson. Yeah, he'll like that shit. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, dude, I love this shit. Again, so Toombs enters his home and then he starts doing like Billy from Predator shit where, you know, he cuts his chest <laughs> waiting for the Predator. <laughs> Billy, this, don't do it, come on. Right? This confused me even, I've seen this episode a bunch of times, but I hadn't watched it for probably a couple of years and like even, I was like, wait, oh yeah, oh yeah, he's framing him or something, right? As soon as he started scratching himself, I remembered. Right. Um, this is the, this is the, the cleverness that we thought he was missing. Yeah, it is very cool. I don't, I think it kind of, it kind of clashes with the whole, like, I think he was more animal-wise, like less, this is beyond that. This is higher thinking. I think so too. For sure. Yeah, I mean, like, um, he, can, he can fucking drive a truck. He can, I mean, he can, well, he can presumably. I mean, he's not literally like an animal, right? <laughs> <laughs> Walking up and sniffing people's I don't know. asses. I, saw, I mean, I saw a bear drive a truck once. <laughs> it was a cartoon. But um, uh, yeah, you know what I think this is here? This is, I think he understands the, con- I think here's what happens. Do you want to know what I think happens here? And, and it's tough to see because Toombs is, is, is dead behind the eyes. So you, it's tough to read this. But I think he walks in. I think he's got, his, he's got his liver vision on. He's got his liver eyes going, right? They're green. And he pauses. He sort of stops. And he looks at Mulder. And I'm going to go ahead and, and go out on a limb and say, I think this is what happens. I think he sees... He smells that this guy's eaten nothing but fucking Taco Bell and McDonald's for the last three days. <laughs> His liver probably tastes like shit. That liver needs a sleepy time. <laughs> um, I think I like that. I think he's probably going... He stops and he thinks to himself, if Mulder dies, they're going to come looking for me, I think, because yeah. of this weird tension. So I think he's smart enough to realize that this is not the move. But I think he had intentions to go after Mulder until he came to that conclusion. Because why go through the yeah. whole process? I think he has a moment here of hesitation. And that's when he gets real creepy and he just pushes his finger through his face. <laughs> I was like, yeah, what are you doing, you fool? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like it. That makes sense. That's what I'm gonna and, and when I say it clashes with, I don't think it's totally on the show. I think because that was some of us, pull, that, that was our impressions, sure, right? That's our impression. So it's clashing with somewhat with the impressions that He's a, a viewer dumb. might get. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That too. That too. Sure. So anyway, fade out, which is cool. I like that. It's yeah. kind of a mysterious transition. And then we go right to him at a hospital being examined by a doctor who's saying he's been beat up. He took a fucking boot to the face. He might have a fractured jaw. I like how there's a boot print on his face. I'm like, I don't think it works that way, but that's fine. (laughs) I know. By the way, this is the worst detective ever. Detective, uh, what's his name? Talbot, maybe? I didn't. (laughs) Nice. I didn't even write down his name. I'm not even, and I'm not taking shots at my boy, Adam, but I think his name is Detective Talbot. Um, oh really? Yeah, it is. The, the, well, there's a detective T- Talbot in the episode played by Tim Weber, who kind of looks like this bloke. So that's what I'm yeah. gonna go with. I guess that's him. <laughs> so anyway, he's like, oh, all right. By the way, a detective. I guess. I mean, I feel like this is regular cop work, but whatever. Um, they find him in the street. I guess it's detective work because because of, of the victim. But um, the doctor wakes up, uh, uh, asks who did it to him, and then he whispers. And of course, we know he's going to be talking about Mulder, Detective Talbot's. Um, he's like, oh, uh, FBI agent. So we go right to Mulder's house. Talbot and a cop knock on the door and just walk in. 
Yeah. Do you think this is like local cop wanting to stick it to the Virginia farm Absolutely. boys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me too. Absolutely. Me too. <laughs> He's like, fuck you, you fucking uppity cunt. You, yeah. You're going in. And like playing like, oh yeah, we're all we're all in law enforcement. Mm. And so Mulder's not like, uh, you can't fucking walk in here. You don't have a warrant or whatever. Because <laughs> right, the guy just just power walks in, grabs the boots, looks at the bottom, nods yes, and they're like, Yeah, you're gonna uh right. you're gonna come with us. Yeah, what's Mulder gonna do? File a complaint, then he'll be a goddamn pariah. Yeah. Right. He's not gonna pull the you don't have a warrant shit. But anyway, Mulder, get your things, you're in trouble. <laughs> Yeah, and then I, I like this skips past the, yeah, the, the whole the next bullshit. like right go right to this is bullshit Mulder <laughs> and Scully with uh, with Skinner right <laughs> Mulder's talking about leaving an imprint in the shoe and you kick somebody in the face <laughs> right back when he was on the gang unit he got a lot yeah. of that experience <laughs> yeah. Skinner asks if he thinks Toombs is framing him and he kind of smirks at it he gives a smirkable like go fuck yourself smirk he's not trying to frame you. But um, frame you, Mulder. But you know what? We, terrible Skinner. Let's think Can't about Skinner. That's me neither. Let's think about this for a minute, though. We're we're complimenting <laughs> we're complimenting Tombs on the thought, but it's a terrible execution. It's never going to work, right? Yeah. Well, well, it, I mean, well, worked a little bit, a tiny bit. It annoys him. Yeah. It's like, is this like the the dog version of like eating the trash? When you're not home because he's mad at you? Like, is that the Tombs version? I don't know. But um, Scully says that Mulder was uh, orienting her all night mm-hmm. to the uh, surveillance of Tombs, which is, of course, unauthorized. She mentions before Skinner has the pleasure. Uh, and Skinner's like, get out to her because <laughs> yeah. I still like you. You, God however, suck. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, hey, Mulder, you should probably... You like Tahiti? <laughs> you like Taiwan? Get out of here. <laughs> Go. You're on vacation. Yeah, this is this is where we see right the mm-hmm. the love of side of the tough love. Mm-hmm. He's like, "You're watch you come up. You're one of the best agents out there. You're you're too close to this shit. You need to step away before you, basically before you do damage from your career. You're not going to recover from it. Right. Take some time off. Take a vacation. Whatever it is. Right. Sounds great. Um, Thank you for your concern. <laughs> Yeah. He's so unappreciative. Yeah. Fucking unappreciative prick. <laughs> Skinner stands up and says, don't go near Eugene Toombs. He spells it out for him. And then he tells him his friends in the Capitol cannot really save him anymore. That's what he's implying anyway. Meanwhile, Smoking Man's in all these Skinner scenes. It should be noted. Yep. Well, bad day, uh, Mulder. Yeah, so they don't, they don't even remotely consider taking Skinner's directives under, you know, under advisement. Not for a second. Not even for a second. Not even for a token exchange of conversation. Right back nope. to the Smithsonian. <laughs> yep. And they start talking about sandwich. Scully brings up the idea that she had an account of the sandwich with teeth marks. She reminds Mulder of the rib cage gnawing near the liver. Uh, further excavation revealed that human teeth marks were in fact on the ribs. Tombs will never submit to a dental cast. Hey, asshole. Do you hear what I'm telling you? <laughs> He'll never submit to a dental cast. Um, anyway. Uh, Plith breaks out another simulation because, of course, uh, it matches Tombs on a reverse-engineered mapping of his head based on the teeth marks, right? They reverse-engineer it and say, this is going to be Tombs now. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, that, like, I love the cartoon-looking... It looks like an like when you 
in a cartoon when somebody bites an apple. <laughs> like it's like the perfect like teeth marks all the way yes, through it. Yes, and it's yeah. like that on the bone and the teeth just like boop perfectly fit in it. Awesome. There you go. It's that guy. Well, we're rapidly moving to our third and final act here. So we have Tombs uh, making some paper mache. Nice. With a little spit and vomit and old newspaper clippings from people he murdered. <laughs> and then uh, Monty goes to see Tombs. He's, Monty's kind of a creep. He's really creepy. How many the, women under his care did he fucking bang? None. All boys. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. 100%. But you know what I'm going for, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's, yep. Yeah. He, yeah. You know what? You're right on that shit, son. Yep. 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 And he, he has no bead on the fact that this guy is a sociopath. 100%. Yeah. A killer, a murderer, he's a killed monster. dozens of people. None, not a beat. No. In fact, he sits on his little bed with a wallpaper behind him. And I think he's probably going to pull out his dick and say, do you mind if I jack off a little while you make that? <laughs> <laughs> because I like art too. It's very expressive. No idea you're into art. Right? I'm just going to rip one into your pillow. <laughs> while you make that. And that's that's phase one of the of the creepy doctor yeah. seduction of tombs. It's not weird. There's no touching. He doesn't touch him. I'm touching myself. I happen to be sitting you, on your bed. Why don't you touch yourself? Yeah. Well, that's phase two. Phase one is I'm going to sit on your bed, and I'm going to jack off and watch you make paper mache um, huts. <laughs> <laughs> Monty's proud of him. I'm very proud of you, Eugene. And that's when Eugene says, "Here's where my animal instincts take over." And I eliminate you from my den and just shut the door and murder you with great off-camera screams. Yeah. This is, I mean, it's great, but it's like, so you go from fucking breaking into an FBI agent's house, framing him for attacking you by going to the hospital and whatever, to then just murdering your assigned psychiatrist Mm -hmm. in your court-assigned home, Mm -hmm. like 100% animal takeover which begs the but question but i guess just the hunger's gotten too much i, I guess. guess but it also begs the question how has he survived for so long so with with judgment like that yeah well think about what frank briggs said frank briggs earlier in the episode said we're gonna he's gonna go into hibernation we're gonna lose him okay but he's not a magician right he doesn't have the uh vampire the masquerade power earth meld so you're not going to lo- like he's still physically around. He doesn't go on a spaceship. It doesn't mean. <laughs> I mean, if he goes inactive, that's fine. It doesn't mean you can't find him. It definitely means it's harder though. So it's hard. So imagine that he just wrap himself up in a paper mache house somewhere in a sewer, where you hope a, a, a goddamn utility worker doesn't stumble onto you, and he just goes to bed. So yeah, I guess that is hard. Now that I'm thinking, now that I'm working through it mentally. Yeah, if, if I mean, if you don't track them there, like, what are you going to no do? No credit card, no cash, no surveillance. Forever? Yeah, no no trace of him anywhere. Where are you going to find? He could go into the middle of the Pacific Northwest. You're never going to yeah. find him, right? Yeah, probably move, dude. For sure, get on a plane and go <laughs> 15 miles into the fucking woods of the Pacific Northwest, and you will never be found ever. Yeah, because you don't have to. You can just hibernate and maybe just start murdering in a different metropolitan area. Yeah, get moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway, Monty gets gets got. No jacking off on my bed. <laughs> Scully and Mulder. Um, so they arrive at Eugene. Um, yeah. Hey, 
stay away from Tombs, okay, Mulder? Stay away from him. <laughs> Fucking right to the lab, then just straight, just drive into the halfway house. Goes right to his house. Go right to the house. So what if he was there? Are they going to arrest him again? Yep. Malt Skinner is going to be fucking deep in your ass. Super deep. Painfully deep. Super deep. And, well, he does find dead Monty. That makes five, he just says. <laughs> I love it. Mulder's funny. Uh, yeah. There's like, <laughs> I like when, I think, can you see his hand or something? Yeah. With blood, yeah, like, yeah. in the foreground yeah, yeah. of the shot? It's great. <laughs> <laughs> He's building his nest. 30 years hibernation. Mulder suggests they go to Exeter Street, and Scully says, well, listen, that apartment is not there anymore. In fact, it's a city square. So Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. It's like a mall kind of Yeah, you know they have thing. these in, like, Beantown. Like, you, there's a square, and there's parking around it, and you can walk through it, and there's, like, shops and stuff. It's kind yeah. of mallish. There's usually a parking garage under it or near it or something. Yeah, it's not there anymore. It's been fucking gentrified. There's a Starbucks outside, and there's fucking... Hipsters writing poetry. Nice. On the second floor. <laughs> second floor. So um, Mulder says that they that he's got to be here. Scully suggests that he's drawn to previous nesting spot, which they believe might be upstairs. And then they pause. And Mulder thinks, wait a second. When he turns and he looks back down, the escalator being off, he looks down and he sees the service door for the escalator on the floor. Mm. Let's go down there. Oof. Man, this is Ooh. creepy. Yeah, this uh, this whole next sequence is ugh. brutal. It's like you a can get the next of, mutiny, Telser. <laughs> this is uh, maybe think of like aliens, Die Hard, like that crawling Hell in a yes. super type space, but more like aliens when you know, like you're overmatched, right? Down you're there, you're overmatched, and you're in something else's environment. Yeah, bummer. Like, oh boy. Yeah, tunnel rat. You're a tunnel rat in Vietnam, <clears throat> except you're not going up against some VC. It's a goddamn That's right. mutant livery monster. Yeah, and you don't have a shotgun, which is great for tunnels. <laughs> hey, I think we just answered our question, though, about Pacific Northwest. This is just his natural habitat, right? These crawl spaces. Yeah, and I and it's just like, it, it is going back to the idea that It's familiar to him. He's, he's sort of an animal. He doesn't move it, well. Yeah. Doesn't migrate. He doesn't have, right. This is his space. He's not going to say like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go to a different city so they don't, I don't know. Like he has an element of cunning, but not right. that much. Not that much. He's, he's still, I think he's more, I don't know, 40% animal, 60% human, okay. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I gotcha. But I do like this. I like, and it explains why he's been in this whole area forever. I mean, the, these crimes go way back in this area. So yeah. he doesn't move much. So I guess that sort of answers that for but yeah, he he definitely he stays close to home. He builds his nest. He's gonna hibernate. And um, boy, when he reaches through that resin, oh, like the boy. birth of some unholy monster. Yeah, oof. dude. Just and you, all I'm thinking in my head is like, there's bile. That's bile Gotta smell. everywhere. Gotta smell. Oh, it's got a reek. Mulder's just like climbing through it, and then yeah, when he comes out of that thing, oof. when he reaches through and he grabs Mulder and he pulls him in. I feel like you get a sense for how strong he is because Mulder's almost through the hole. Yeah. Right? And then he starts he, doing he man the, handles him. He starts doing the little elbow with his little cute white butt crawl popping up behind him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, does that sound like Dr. Monty right there? <laughs> a little bit. And then, um, bit. you know, we kind of get the trophy. Grab my hand because I weigh about a buck 80 and you're going to pull me through. 
moment. <laughs> oh, he's probably uh, like, like a the, buck 60, but you know what I'm saying. I like the irony of Mulder actually kicking him in the face eventually. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I was so like, good, dude. Nice. I wish he would have put a footprint on him, but um, yeah, he starts, but he's so overwhelming. You can't do anything about it until you hit the old escalator trigger. Mm. Oof, boy, that is a grindy meat destroying yeah. device. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and then just the, the smears of blood that appear like on the escalator as it goes That's up. Classic. Yeah. So um, they sit there and uh, we sort of cut to Tombs Eugene, case closed, FBI, X-File. Yep. And Skinner's looking through the report. I like that they're not even there. He, he turns to the cigarette smoke man and says, did you believe them? This took me by surprise. And cigarette smoke man's like, of course I do. I love it. And this is this was cool too because this is in the like as I mentioned this is when we're just getting starting to get a little bit more of a feel of the cigarette smoking man and how deep he is. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we have our final scene between Mulder and Scully where he fucking gets all whimsical about a cocoon and starts <laughs> fucking writing what? poetry about it and shit. He writes a haiku about fucking yes. change. Yeah. yeah. Here's your double fucking caramel bliss mochiato fucking suck my dick drink. And then... Um, Change is coming yeah. for us. What does that mean? Uh, and then I was like, is it about the show? It's I mean, near the end of the first we're, episode. We're three, first season. We're three episodes from season two. I guess, yeah. I guess he's talking about that. Yeah, I think that it, it's the end of... Uh, is it the end of season one? The exiles get shut down. I mean, it happens yeah, like three yeah. times, but yeah, I yeah, think so. I guess so. It's kind of probably neat. some foreshadowing. Ret- for that. Yeah, retrospectively, this is kind of neat. Um, he also suggests changes coming, but it's not so subtle. Uh, he yeah. calls it a hunch, and then we cue piano and synthesized strings. We we pan over to Scully, who just sort of looks at it and then turns and goes back after Mulder. Mm-hmm. Mm. Thus concluding, tombs. tombs. I like it. Both. That's a double entendre. As well as the episode. So. Ooh. Yeah. And his life has concluded. <laughs> oh, shit. So that's the end of Tombs, buddy. Yeah. 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 Done deal. Um, so if you're familiar with uh, our other podcast, this is where a lot of times we would do listener comments. We don't do that for uh, X Files because, um, as Dean mentioned up, Early, we, we kind of just drop these unexpectedly on you. So we don't put anything out there for comments. You don't know what you're going to get till you get it. And then you better like it or you get the fuck up. Um, final thoughts on Tombs? Um, I, I like this episode. I think it's, it's not as good as I remember. Um, but I still like it because he's a creep. And I think that um, Doug Hutchinson is awesome as Tombs. Um, but there's some... I like it. I, I think Squeeze is better because it's more creepy. This one, we already know about him, so there's a different burden on the episode, right? It's going to be a little bit different mm-hmm. to in, capture our imagination with him. But, I, but I, don't, I don't have a lot to say outside of what I've already said. I like that we see a cementing of a relationship quite overtly between Scully and Mulder and what they're willing to do for one another. Um, I like that we actually close out a case successfully, I guess you could say. Because, I guess, case closed. Well done. <laughs> For sure, case closed. <laughs> Dr. Mondi's dead, which, of course, they're going to put on tombs, which is going to vindicate vindicate uh, uh, Mulder, which will, maybe he'll take a shower and get some sleep. Yep. Which is yep. good. I'm happy about that. 
Um, I like that we see the idea of this unorthodox idea running through things, which is Scully is immediately presented with, if you don't want us to solve cases, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and not be as unorthodox, which she does anyway. So she kind of pulls a bit of a molder here um, against what you would suggest Skinner would want for her because he has high hopes for her all the time. Um, but he, uh, she, she proved her unorthodox methods proved successful yet again, and they were able to close the file and uh, I like the little twist of the smoking man saying, of course I do. That was awesome. I liked it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like it. It's a good episode overall, for sure. It's definitely, I, I definitely would consider a pretty high-rated episode. Just not, just not all-star team. I don't yeah. think it makes my all-star team. But I like it a lot. It's a, it's a starter, but it's, it's a starter not for sure. making a... Yep. yep. How about yourself? I like it. Um, I, uh, I guess I'd agree with you overall. Uh, it's it's a solid episode. I I like that it's just um it feels like X-Files trying something out. Like sure. retrospectively, like bringing back this this character is a cool thing. Um <clears throat> getting to see something again, getting a I, I in general I like the monster of a week more which we've talked about. Um and I like especially I like when when it doesn't fully conclude when they they hang you know, they hang, but you can't just do that every time. Sure, you got to give some closure. You got to give some success. You gotta, you gotta see some things end. Or if every single time it just the episode ends and it's oh yeah, yeah I think it was that. It could have been that. Oh, it's out there now, or you know whatever. Like then it's like okay, what's the fucking point? You just run around and don't really affect anything. Sure. Like those episodes are fun now and then when it's kind of beyond their control or they're not able to to handle it. But you know, we also want to see um, our heroes are do well. We want to see them like get shit done. Yeah. And uh, Tombs is a uh, pretty respectable opponent. Um, yeah. And even more so in this episode, right? Because they he, he does some more higher level, clever, cunning kind of moves sure. here to try to frame Mulder and and whatnot. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I think they kind of had they wrote in, into a couple corners here, but overall, well worth it. Easy to look past and still just enjoy the episode. Yeah, Good one for sure. Good stuff, man. I like it a lot. But um, yeah, 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 yeah. So maybe we'll try not to wait four months next time we do this. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's jam one out in the very near future. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so cool. Well, how about this? Do you have one you want to do? Uh, I actually do. Oh shit, son! That's great. So, what do you got? I do. Um, I have a little episode called "The Field Where I Died." Awesome. Okay, it is season four, episode shit five. No, now I lost it. I'll, season I'll four, find episode. It while you talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> the field where I died. Um, I'm looking forward to talking about this one. I won't get too much into it, but uh. Yeah. But it's called The yeah. Field Where I Died. Let me see. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what it is. So if you're at home, you can bookmark this. Season four. Um, bah, 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 bah. Oh, it's uh, A Couple After Home. It is uh, It is season four, episode five, with another great actor, by the way, who recently passed away. That's Fun Boy. Oh. <gasps> Holy shit. Yeah, Michael Massey. Wow. Yep. I missed that. Yeah, that's him. He As I picked the episode. Yeah. Pretty, oh, my God. Pretty crazy. Um, I'm looking forward to that one. Yep. 
Cool. Awesome. Well, we will schedule that sooner rather than later. We're not going to leave you guys hanging like we did last time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Well, I guess we are going to uh, get the fuck out of here. And uh, remember, people, what, what, what should we? What, what parting wisdom today, Josh? The truth is out there. Boom. We're just not going to give it to you <laughs> for sure. All right, guys, take it easy. Hey, everybody, this is Dean with LSG Media, and I just want to say thank you for tuning in to another episode of the X-Files podcast. Be sure to check us out on libertystreetgeek.net to see what other shows we have going, like the Science Fiction Film Podcast, the Walking Dead Podcast, the Game of Thrones Podcast, Podcast for Days. Get over to libertystreetgeek.net and check us out. Thanks. Bye. Bye.